Listeners, did you know that an estimated 5 billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away each year? And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy to ship, leading to excessive carbon emissions. Plus, those products are often filled with nasty ingredients like chlorine and ammonia. That's a lose-lose situation for you and the planet. Nobody's trying to have that. Enter Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refills start at just $2.25. Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blue Land products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh and clean. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, White Wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like White Wine, True Crime, and In Bed by Nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are Housewives of True Crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime. That's right. Are you impressed? I'm not as nasally as I have been. Oh my God, you sound so much better. I do. I still have a little bit of the funk, you guys. It's not going away so easily for me, but... It hangs in there. Really, I still hear it in my voice. COVID is is a clinger. (laughs) It's a Klingon, man. (laughs) yeah and it just gives you sexy voice forever oh i mean it's better if it's raspy in the you know the throat area mine is like so nasally it's not cute at all oh you don't think no i don't think so i do not sound i I was thinking this is not good for my job at all oh i think it's working for you well thanks thanks you know what is not working for me what my husband's cheating ass he cheated on me with my old neighbor, this girl that lived down the street from me that was real cute. And she had an elevator in her house. So in Ventura? She was, she had, yeah, she was, mm-hmm, she was fancy. Wow, that's mm-hmm. super fancy. Yep. In my dream, they cheated on each other or me with each other. How, how graphic did it get in your dream? It didn't get graphic. Okay, then how did you I find out? I just knew that it was her. How do you think she even came into my mind? I don't know. Like, weird. I haven't seen her in, you know, 20 plus years. Clearly, I'm still insecure. 
(laughs) (laughs) About how awesome and put together she was always. She was. And she she had a good name. I don't want to say it. But her sister had a good name, too. Man. You know, it was very, like, at the time, like, Stephanie and Tiffany, you know. Oh, right. I was Gretchen. And they were always, like, just the cutest. And all the boys loved them. Anyways, and I asked him in my dream, and then I started punching him in my dream. Did you punch him in real life? Uh, No, I didn't, but I was angry. Yeah, I was very (laughs) angry in real life when I woke up this morning. I was like, I'm so mad at you. Actually, you just told me like 10 minutes ago that you were still mad at him for it (laughs) in real life. (laughs) I was so mad at him. He texted me, are you still mad at me? And I'm like, I am now. You reminded me. Yeah, I'm still mad. Yeah, I've only had like two of those dreams in my whole marriage. They make you feel terrible, right? They do. Yeah, it's like a punch in the gut, man. It's a real thing. Yeah. He liked it, though. When I told him about it this morning, I'm like, I was I really went to town on you. Like, you should be afraid of me. I was like, (laughs) if you ever, you know, what is that? Like windmill arms. I was I went ham and he's like, oh, I like it. You're feisty. You like me. Admit it. Wife, you like me. Like, apparently. Who knew? Oh, well, that sounds like uh, you might have some fun tonight. I doubt it. I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) I went to, you know how I used to do the the hot yoga? Actually, like I was telling you guys, I'm doing this in the sauna yoga. But now I went back to actually hot yoga, like doing the yoga with a class. Okay. Um. This is the first time that I have done it since COVID in a classroom yeah, you're, swa- you're back to swapping sweat with people. Well, I, I figure with that. Yeah, I figure I, it's probably a good time since I just, you know, went through the whole funk ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I feel like maybe the heat kills it. I don't think so. I don't think anything kills it. But (laughs) maybe it's like a Petri dish. I will tell you I loved it because I've been having such a stressful week because my kiddo just keeps getting calls every day. And I talk about punch in the gut. I swear to you, it feels like a punch in the gut every single time the phone number pulls up on my phone. I'm like, oh, I have to have this conversation again. I will say on your behalf that I hear the aftermath of these phone calls. And you guys, she really does get called over dumb stuff, like stuff that your kid would come home and say, somebody cut in line today and whatever. I got really mad. And it's like kids come home and say stuff like that. And teachers have to intervene and make somebody go to the back of the line and whatever. But Tab actually gets a phone call about that bullshit. I think because it's so small. Like in in my other kids go to school where there's lots of kids. And so they can't regulate that stuff when there's so many children. You know what I'm saying? This, it's like there's very limited amount of kids. So every they see everything. 
And it's just, it's very, I'm just really drained right now from it, but I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on it, but the yoga definitely helped me and I cannot wait to go back. I need to find some time because I need it in my life. Just saying. Oh, you know what else is good in your life? Tequila. I maybe need some of that tonight too. You know, I went to the Monster Jam this week and I drank a couple beers because bakers can't be choosers. And it turns out when you get the cheap seats like we did, there's not a lot of um, concession variety because mm-hmm. Angel Stadium is really nice. And I'm used to seeing a full bar. There wasn't? Not up top. Nope. Oh. Nope. They keep it to like peanuts and beer. Bud Light. Okay. Yeah, Bud Light was actually, I think, the only choice. Oh, gosh, that's so, really limited. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and peanut M&Ms, which is like the worst M&Ms. Sorry. The peanut butter M&Ms are the best. They are so good, yeah. right? But the peanut M&Ms, nobody eats those. I'm so mad at my husband for buying them, especially because they cost like $20. I know. So, anyway, I had, I drank Bud Light. I drank a lot of Bud Light. And um, I felt bloated and disgusting and gross and had to pee a lot. And I missed tequila. Missed it so much. (laughs) You love tequila. (laughs) I like a good beer sometimes, but it's not on on the... Oh, well, maybe Bud Light's low carb. I don't know. Anyways, you guys, um, are you ready for today's crime? I am. I told you a little bit about it on Patreon last week. So if you guys do not listen to Patreon yet, we have lots of content on there. I know people are looking for more content. We have a bonus crime every single month and we have an additional like almost 45 or an hour long episode every single week on Thursdays. So go to patreon.com forward slash housewives true crime if you guys are interested in that. And let's get to it. All right. This week's case is one that I was happy to get my attention from one of our listeners named Kellen Johnson. Kellen. Isn't that a cool name? Yeah. Kellen's aunt was the best friend of the victim in this case, which I am sure to this day is still hard to deal with. I think a lot of you guys know that Gretchen and I lost a good friend when we were just 21, and it is just not easy to lose somebody young. It's not easy to lose anybody, but when they're young, you feel like they have their whole life ahead of them. So I can only imagine Kellen's aunt still really holds on to it. But thank you for bringing it uh, in in the light for me. Thanks for so, trusting us with your story, though. That yeah. is like, that's really nice. Yes. And another thing, Gretchy, this case comes from Fort Worth, Texas. So it's pretty close to home in the DFW close. area. And let me tell you, I told you on the Patreon, I just really love Fort Worth. I think that everybody should go check it out if you haven't. It has cool hotels. You got Longhorns walking down the street. Well, that's the stockyards. That's where you sent me when I came. Yes. But okay, so there there's like a, a another little town. There's so 
it it's a big city, so there's like a lot of things to do around there. But I love the stockyards. They have got really this really cool hotel in the stockyard called the Drover Hotel. It's new. They've got some really cool bars, live music, and legit cowboys. Like I'm not talking fake cowboys in Fort Worth. Okay. You also have the Billy Bobs. Listen, I'm an expert on cowboys now because I've watched 1.5 seasons of Yellowstone and <laughs> oh, gotcha. only fallen asleep like four times. <laughs> That's my problem with Yellowstone too, is I fall asleep. I can't, I've got to watch it <sighs> during the day or something. I never knew they slept in like the bunkhouse. There's like a hierarchy. It's like a thing. I guess. I, I mm-hmm. still have yet to get myself to watch mm-hmm. it, but thank Check you. Mm-hmm. So in 1974, I'm sure it wasn't as cowboy chic in the Fort Worth area as it is today, but I can imagine it was still a cool place to grow up. And for Carla Walker, it seemed like a great place to grow up. In 1974, Carla was 17 years old. And if I could call anyone a disco biscuit, or a blooming disco biscuit since she was just 17, this would be it. She had an infectious smile, so big and beautiful, long, dirty blonde hair, and quite a pep in her step. Okay. It would make sense because she was on the cheer squad, and per all of Carla's friends, everyone liked Carla. Carla's are usually good. We've said that before. Yeah, you know, except for that one Carla up in the... Carla Homaka. You know, she's a psycho bitch. Yeah. But, um, but other, other than, than that, that, Carla's are good. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. this Carla reminded me of somebody you were telling me about recently. She was like four foot something, you know, teeny tiny, but full of life. Big personality, okay? okay? Mm-hmm. She came from a really big family, mom, dad, bunch of sisters and brothers, and she attended a high school in Benbrook, which is on the western part of Fort Worth in an unincorporated part of town. So I imagine it was like that small town feel since Fort Worth is, like I said, a big city. In the 70s, Fort Worth had over 300,000 people in it which is big in the 70s. And today, yeah, it's, it's big. Today it's almost 900,000. Yeah. But Benbrook uh had just about 3,000 people in it in the 70s. So, real small. Anyhow, Carla, she's killing it in high school. She had a boyfriend named Rodney McCoy. Rodney was 18 and he was the quarterback for the football team. And he was a real cutie. I'd like to dream cheat with him, probably. I actually think you would. (laughs) He had that long kind of hair back in the 70s. Just to get revenge, since we're talking about high school booze. (laughs) Like, not really, but just maybe. The quarterback wasn't really my flavor, but maybe out of revenge. Well, I'll tell you, he wasn't your typical quarterback. Okay, he was not like the loud, super popular football player that most people think of a quarterback. He was shy. And when Carla first met him, she thought, wow, where did this guy come from? Because, you know, she probably knew everybody in the town. Yeah. And Rodney, I'm sure, was like, 
uh, I already know this Disco Biscuit, and I can't believe she's looking at me. Yeah. They hit it off right away, and Rodney also hit it off with Carla's parents and her siblings. He spent a ton of time at the Walker home. It has been reported that Rodney's upbringing wasn't as stable as Carla's, so being at Carla's house was probably more fun. So I don't know if you need to have an unstable house to like going over to somebody else's house more than your own. No, but it helps. It does help. But also, it was his girlfriend's house, so... Of course he liked going there. I feel like he liked going there a lot. Yeah. So let's just say these two were two peas in a pod, and they were both real smitten with each other. They were planning to go to college together. And guess what Rodney just did? He bought her a promise ring. Oh, damn. In the 70s. Yeah. Who knew? A promise ring? I didn't think that came into into fashion until like the Jonas Brothers made their big hoopla about it. <laughs> I, don't you remember promise rings in high school? Oh, no. Nobody promised me. I think one of my boyfriends. And, <laughs> no, 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 no. I never heard of such a thing. Oh, I did. I think I got one. It okay. wasn't much of a promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly. So Rodney had saved up all his money at his gas station job to buy this ring for Carla. And I'm sure it was real romantic being 17 and 18 years old. And on Valentine's weekend in February of 1974, Rodney and Carla... It's coming right up. It is coming coming right right up. up. You have any big plans? I already bought all my kids' Valentines. Oh, I I did not. And I got to make this box. Remember last year? You better year? get on it. You know, there is a, a shipping container crisis. <laughs> I know. I'm having to make my kids lunch every single day because they're out of hot lunch. <laughs> yeah. It's a real drag. Yeah. Okay. So they have plans this whole Valentine's weekend. Friday night, they went to a big high school party where they drank some beers, probably smoked a little pot. At this party... Another kid from their high school tried to pick up on Carla when Rodney was there. No way. And Rodney's like, hey, little man, step off. That's my girl. I promised her. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So nothing really came of it. The two left the party. Everything's just fine. The next day was the Valentine's dance at their school. And Carla and Rodney were going to it. You ever went to those? I don't remember there being a Valentine's Day dance. I remember boys would buy those flowers, you know, and they could send one to your class. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I never got one. I never got one. I don't think I got one either. You probably probably got one. I don't think I did. I dated. dated I'll tell you who got one. This bitch that cheated with my husband. (laughs) She probably got multiple. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, okay. I I don't know if I got one. I wasn't like that. My boyfriends were like old and Yeah, mine too. And not I don't know. They're Good. not the preppy buy from ASB type. Yeah. But it would have been nice. It would have been nice. Yeah. Saying. So Carla gets all dressed up for the dance. She wears a floor length light blue dress. 
Rodney primped himself up too after getting off from the gas station. Even buys her a corsage. Shoot. Which, by the way, you know in the Texas they have the... The moms. The moms, that's what it's called. All of it is a little interesting to me. Like, why a corsage? Does, do do girls really like that thing on their arm? Or I don't know. I always thought corsages are kind of stupid. I think it's really not smart. It's not necessary. It's definitely not necessary. It gets all over the place. You're trying to, like, not ruin the... If you've ever seen me dance, I do not need a corsage getting in my way. <laughs> Okay. It's always a carnation. <laughs> like, this is bullshit. Yeah, right. Like baby's breath. And you're supposed to match the boutonniere to it. Yeah. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's all dumb. Yeah. Okay. So he, this night, Rodney decides to drive his mom's car, which is a little fancier, picks up Carla. They drink a little bit before the dance to, you know, loosen up. They get to the dance, have a great time. And then they leave to go cruising. You know cruising? Yeah. They used to do that in the 60s and 70s, maybe even 80s. Yeah. Maybe 90s. I don't know. They also would go to the Taco Bell parking lot to hang out, smoke some pot. I don't know. Do what the kids did back in the 70s. I think we did that in the 90s, too. Okay. Did you go to Taco Bell? No, that was a boy in a hangout. That was your high school hangout. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Yeah. Where did you go? In and out. Some. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Taco Bell was our hangout also, just like Carla and Rodney. And you would find out where, like, the parties were or whatever, you know? Yeah. So at this particular Taco Bell, they weren't letting anybody use their restroom because someone had vandalized it. So the kids had to go down the street to the bowling alley to use the bathroom if they needed it. So between Taco Bell and the bowling alley parking lot, there were a lot of kids that night in both of those areas. Okay. Carla and Rodney had actually had one other couple with them cruising for a little bit, but just before one o'clock, They dropped their friends off and were about to head home when Carla had to pee. So they stopped at the bowling alley where Carla runs to the bathroom and back to the car. In the car, the two start having an end of the night makeout session, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think... What it's like to have an end of the night makeout session. <laughs> it's been so long. Let's face it. Here's how it goes now. If we're having a night, we're going out to dinner. And then frankly, you know, I'm like too full to have fun. <laughs> but, but you're definitely not in the car having it. Definitely not in the car. Yeah. Strategically, the best is like have a beginning of the night session. Totally. And then, you know what I want to do? I want to go out. I want to eat apps and dessert. Go home, fall asleep in the middle of Yellowstone. This is true. This is true. Mm -hmm. What it's like to be young versus old. Old. Yeah. Okay, so the car the two were in had that, you know, 1970s bench type seat in the front. It's perfect for that little makeout session. Totally. But in the middle of 
them kissing, the passenger door slams open and a man pistol whips Rodney and starts to pull Carla. Rodney grabs Carla and tries to get her closer to him and back into the car. But the man then starts to beat Rodney with his gun, telling him that he's going to kill him. Carla, in the midst of all this, is screaming, you can imagine. And she just says, stop beating him and I will go with you. (gasps) The guy then lifts his gun and pulls the trigger a few times. But the clip of the gun had actually fallen out in the middle of the beating. So Rodney's life was spared. And while the man was dragging Carla away, she screamed to Rodney, go get dad. Rodney then lost consciousness for an unknown amount of time, but I don't think it was too long. He came to And there's blood running all down Rodney's face. He pulls it together as much as he could. He starts the car and drives as fast as he can to the Walker house. He runs in the house, bleeding all over and totally disheveled. And he starts yelling, they have her. They're going to hurt her. And so Mr. Walker rushes to the bowling alley parking lot where Rodney told him she was or where he last saw her. And Mrs. Walker calls for an ambulance for Rodney. Of course, there's no one at the bowling alley. It was totally closed down, not even anybody inside. And Carla was missing. So you can imagine the town is a wreck. Carla's family's a wreck. Rodney's a wreck. Like, how could this happen? How could this happen on this night in particular, you know, where all these people are around? Police started immediately investigating and you know who they first go after? The boyfriend. The boyfriend, Rodney. Because the story seems weird. You think? A guy opens the door in the middle of a parking lot where there's a bunch of kids that have been there the whole night and steals your girlfriend? Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert bill portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. 
Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC, Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC, member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. You have heard me talk about my language learning skills with Rosetta Stone, and I'm telling you, I'm getting really good at it. I learned a little bit of Japanese before we went to Japan last year, and I really love the French language, so I'm learning French at the moment. Bonjour, bonsoir. I'm even getting a little bit of the accent down. Not very good, but I'm I'm getting there. And with Rosetta Stone, it makes it so easy. I download it on my phone. I learn it in the car. It is awesome. You can do it on your desktop, wherever you find it convenient. They are there for you. And they have 25 languages, you guys, that you can use. And right now they are giving a lifetime membership for 50% off. So you can learn as many languages as you want for your entire life, which is amazing. And the best part is, It starts off, you know, with just words and then phrases and then sentences, and then you should be able to have a conversation with somebody that also knows the language, which is, you know, my entire goal. So don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now. Seriously, get started before your summer vacay. Our listeners get 50% off the lifetime membership. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem it today at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Yeah. Seems real far-fetched. So they put Rodney through the ringer. They gave him, I think, two or three polygraph tests and question him for hours and hours, and this poor dude passed everything. They even put Rodney through hypnotism to see if they could get him to remember anything else about what happened that night or the guy that could have been suppressed in his brain, and turns out it was pretty helpful. Wow. Rodney said the guy looked like he was in his 20s, 5'11", spoke with the southern draw, like a Texan. He was wearing some sort of green type sleeveless vest. And he thought a off-white, whitish type cowboy hat that had actually fallen off at one point when he was beating him. But other than that, Rodney didn't really have any information. Um, so they go to the crime scene And there was one thing that they found at the crime scene that they never released to the public. They found that clip to the gun. Oh. So they knew what type of gun the suspect had. So besides that and the description that Rodney gave them, they really didn't have anything. Search teams were sent out to be on the lookout for Carla and the town looked for Carla. And four days later, two deputies found Carla Walker's body near Benbrook Lake. Carla had been brutally raped, beaten, and strangled to death. 
and whoever this sick creep was, everybody thought he must be found. So reward money was offered up right away and for any clues leading to the arrest. And I think they got like 200 tips or more. The police interviewed a lot of people from the school and even thought maybe it was that guy from the night before at the cake party. Oh. But honestly, I cannot see a high school kid doing this. It wasn't that guy. No, it seems extra. It seems extra to me, too. The police pulled everyone also that had that particular gun registered to them in the Fort Worth area. And they interviewed all of them. Oh, I love it when they do shit like that. I know, I do, too. Like a big, like, DNA sweep. Yeah, pull everyone. Yeah, they pulled everyone. I mean, this is 1974, so, you know, that's all they got. They're that's like, all they had, yeah. Who can we find that has this? So there was nothing concrete uh, to point a finger to a particular person until a man actually confessed to the murder. This guy's name is Tommy Ray Neeland. He came on the radar because Tommy had actually raped and murdered a few girls around the same time in the DFW area. And finally, the law caught up to him. And so initially he said, yeah, I I killed that girl too. But as research went on with these police officers, it turned out that Tommy was actually at a church function in another town at the time of Carla's abduction, which is really kind of... It's why I don't go to church. I've given up on church. I've been telling to have this. <laughs> it's scary. Isn't that I'm so sorry. scary? There's so many shootings in churches and stuff like that. I mean, I know people are with it, but I'm just, I for one, I'm not. Oh my gosh. You guys, that synagogue crazy person was yeah. not far from us. I mean, what in the Sam hell is going on? And this guy, even in the 70s, I guess he was like the youth pastor church guy. And he's that's the other thing I don't like about going to church. That that thing with the youth pastors. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I I know. I know. I do think church is good. And there are a lot of good people at church. And I love church. And I actually think I need to start going to church. So I don't feel the same way as you. But okay. Bring your bear mace. Don't let your kids out of your sight. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I also thought? The churches around here always have police officers armed. So I don't know why that synagogue didn't. Yeah. They didn't get with the times. Um, But, you know, they did say the rabbi. I mean, he threw a chair at the guy. I think he's a real hero. Well, yeah. And everybody came out of that safe. except Alive. It's so incredible. I'm so thankful. But anyways, that's another story to tell another time. So now we're talking about Tommy. Tommy's not the guy. He's a bad guy, but he's not the guy. So I don't know why he he said he did that. Like, I don't know if he's like that sick that he just wants to like be like, yeah, put another notch in his sick belt or something. But yes, they were like, no. 
there were a couple other men that actually also came forward to confess about this crime, but turns out each one was not the killer either. So what the heck? I mean, why do people do this? I think Carla must have been like, she was a real disco biscuit. They all want to claim her. I think maybe. It's like some weird obsession. sick, twisted shit. Yeah. Yeah. So years went by and the case just went cold. And that is until 2019 when police decide to open it back up and publish a letter that they had received back in 1974 from someone who claimed to be the killer. So I personally believe that they opened this case back up due to a podcast called Gone Cold. In 2018, this podcast took a very deep dive into Carla's case as their first case for their podcast. I will say they did a fabulous job. They did a ton of research, had lots of interviews from the family to the detectives to people that were investigating then, investigating now. I mean, I'm impressed with them. Yeah. Um, they were very invest- invested into the case. And if you guys want to do a much deeper dive into this case, you can check them out. It's called Gone Cold. I think there might be like eight episodes to it. So that was in 2018. So in 2019 is when the police released this letter and it reads like this. I killed Carla Walker in Benbrook. Dot, dot, dot. Sign 10100. P.S. It's hard to say, but it's true. Sign 10100. Kind of weird, right? Yeah, what kind? What What kind of coding crap? What kind of coding crap is that? So I think they might have released it to see if somebody knew what that code, like if somebody was like, oh, yes, you know, my neighbor Jim always signed something like that. Or I worked with a guy that signed something like that. Something I I think it's Mm -hmm. the code that they were trying to get somebody to come forward to say they know that sign. Mm -hmm. But nothing came of it. And then the Oxygen Channel came to Fort Worth police and said, we are putting together a show with Paul Hole about cold cases, and we would love to pay for the DNA testing of anything you have left of Carla Walker's. Since they did not have DNA testing back in 1974, and now they have real good testing, I mean, so the, the testing for DNA now is so incredible. It's like you can even touch something and like DNA shows up. Yeah. So lucky enough, it looked like they had Carla's bra and there seemed to be some semen left on Carla's bra strap. Oh, wow. So they ran the DNA through and bam, a male profile came up. From here, they run it through a genealogy company and bam, hits on a family, a few brothers. So they look into these brothers and they find out that one of them lived in the Fort Worth area in 1974 
and his name is Glenn McCurley. Mm. He was in Fort Worth then, and guess what? The dude is still in Fort Worth. Yeah. So to be certain, these investigators, they go to De- to Glenn's house and they sift through his trash mm-hmm. to find some DNA. And without a doubt, this guy is the suspect in this 46-year-old cold case. Now, Glenn at the time is like 77 years old. Yeah. Married. Mm-hmm. children, probably some grandkids. I don't know. He's old. Yeah. At the time, Glenn was a truck driver. And you'll never guess, he was initially questioned about the abduction because he was one of the guys that owned that type of gun that was used in the murder. Oh, shit. Glenn told the sheriffs then that he had lost the gun didn't have it any longer and he didn't know Carla and he was driving a truck at the time of the abduction but turns out Glenn wasn't driving a truck at the time he was home alone for the weekend and his wife was out of town so police decide to go to Glenn's house to confront him and they knew they said that they knew this was going to be a huge shock uh, to his family and his wife. I mean, they were ready, like, for his wife to faint, you know? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. cannot imagine police coming in and saying that, like, about my husband, you know? Yeah, I can't imagine them saying about that about your husband. But I feel like he was, like, less of a model husband than our husbands. I mean, our husbands don't do the dishes, but I feel like somebody that, like, pistol whips someone and brutally rapes is a whole lot worse than that. So maybe there's some signs. I know. So I thought that, too. I would love to know if there was any signs. Um, Glenn, he tells them, they said, you know, we would like to get your DNA. He, he says, you know, I don't know that little girl. And you can have my DNA. And he gives them a sample. And again, it proves that Glenn is the killer. Yeah. And so they come and arrest Glenn and they take him down to the station for his initial interview with the police where they're videotaping it. And they read him his rights and he they give him his Miranda rights, but he doesn't say he just keeps talking okay okay he confesses to it he says that rodney and carla were arguing in the car and he was trying to save her he says carla was so thankful that that glenn saved her that she went in to hug him and he took advantage of her and actually accidentally strangled her oh i mean this piece of shit doesn't even fess up to what really happened no yeah he also told the police that he still had the gun told them where to find it which was hidden in a wall and wrapped in a towel it was in the wall where he had built like an add-on in his house and he stuffed the gun back there and after they got a search warrant 
they found it. Right. So the trial started was starting to approach and Glenn decided to plead not guilty. He claimed that he wasn't given his Miranda rights, but the videotaped interview clearly shows that Glenn was given the Miranda rights and he still just kept talking. Yeah. So in August 2021, Glenn McCurley went to trial, which is just a few months ago. Yeah. Rodney was the first person to take the stand and he recounted his story just as he did that night. And can you imagine? I mean, this guy, it's been 46 years. Oh, I bet he never got over her. I bet you didn't either. Yeah. And after a couple days of trial, they finally played that confession tape. And let me tell you, his whole family is sitting in the trial, Glenn's family, thinking that he's been wrongfully convicted or wrongfully accused, you know? Yeah. And they played that whole confession tape. And I think there was no denying it after that. Yeah. There was no denying it to his family. And so the next day, Glenn McCurley changed his plea to guilty. Mm. And the judge sentenced him to life in prison without parole. Carla's brother. Fair. What? I said fair. Yeah. Carla's brother and sister were in the courtroom at the time and were allowed to give victim impact statements. Unfortunately, Rodney, since he was a witness, couldn't actually be at the trial. And so he never make, made it to speak to, to um, Glenn, which I wish he would have because Rodney lived, lives in Austin area. So it was just too long of a drive for him to get back before they were like closing it all up. But man, I would really like to know what he said he would say to this dirtbag. Yeah. But Carla's sister spoke and it was really... It was really good. She said, you know, my sister and I shared a a room for 18 or 17 years and I loved her and you took her from us and she was tiny and you're, you know, you did this. And and she was like, and we know you did more. So you have nothing to lose but to fess up now so you can close other people's lives. I, I love that she said that. I know. The brother also came and spoke, and he was really great, too. He was, he was like, you know, I, I, I'm sorry that you did this, but I'm also sorry for your family because they didn't do this, and we don't blame them. Yeah. So... I'm sure also that this is not the first person that he killed. It can't well, be. Well, it's definitely not the last. He, there was a lot of time in between. There's a lot of time in between. And I just think that brazen opening of the door and beating somebody like that, it just can't be your first time doing He was doing a truck that. driver. He probably just did it in all different places. Yeah. And he just, they can't put it together. That's, it's. It is DNA. I mean, they have to test this DNA and it's expensive. I know. So unfortunately, Carla's mother and father passed away before seeing the killer of their daughter convicted. The 
Walker family hugged the McCurley children on their way out of the courtroom, which I think is is like really honorable because I feel like I would yeah. hate the family even if they had no idea. <laughs> I do feel for Glenn's wife and children. They lived a lifetime with this guy not actually knowing his true self. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, you say like he must have been a bad guy. My senses are that he probably wasn't the best, but dude, okay. So I was able to see a little bit into Glenn's life before his arrest because he's married to the same lady. Like he's only been married to one woman and I, mm-hmm. and I found her on Facebook. So please yeah. do not stalk her if you're listening or contact her. But, um, I saw lots of people post on some of their pictures and they're like, you guys are the cutest couple. And, and it's, it's weird. It's like, dude, this guy is, a uh, I still say, yeah, I'm sure a lot. Hello. A lot of psycho killers put on a good front and they're not nice to their wives behind closed doors. This is true. And so let me, I think, let me tell you something else that I could not believe. Okay. When I looked on this Facebook page, she posted this and this is before she even knew this is before. Like, I don't even know if she goes on Facebook anymore. She probably doesn't. Okay. She's probably like so embarrassed of life that she can't even manage her own self. I don't know. That's how I would be. I pray for her because I'm so sad that this happened in her life. But anyways, she posted this picture of them their anniversary and a picture from when they got married. So they got married February 16th, 1963. I don't think anybody else has put this together that's ever written about this case or done this case or any of the articles that I've read. But, you know, he, that Valentine's dance was February 16th, 1974. Wow. It was on his wedding anniversary, where his wife was out of town. Think about it. Yeah. Do you think he was pissed that his wife was out of town and went like berserk? I don't know. I'd like to know. My husband asks me every year, what day is Valentine's? <laughs> like it. He also asks you when your anniversary is. So, I mean. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, so, Yeah. It was I can't on imagine his, it means a lot to a, a man, but maybe it does. It was on his 11th anniversary. I don't know. I mean, that is just, and it's on, it's right close to Valentine's Day. I'm pretty sure he knows when his anniversary is. I think yeah. there has something to do with it. I do. Yeah. As for Rodney, he did get married and have kids, but he all, I think he always carried this burden on his shoulders in more than one way. One, I think he was always looked at as as a spe- ah, he was always looked at as a suspect. Yeah, I can see that. Always. Until this. Yeah. Yeah. Two, he had survivor's guilt, which often happens in tragedies where people die and some live, and it's real hard on people that lived because they don't understand why they were spared. Um, and three I think he couldn't save her, which I think has a is 
real hard on a dude. Yeah, totally. So he lives near Austin and was reported on the Gone Cold podcast that since Glenn was convicted, he seems to have a little more light in his eyes. And the detectives gave Rodney Carla's promise ring after Glenn went to prison. Oh, which is real. I bet you it's like real special, you know, Yeah. even if he is married to somebody else and has a nice life. No, that's sweet. I'm sure. Yeah. She understands. Yeah. So that is the story of Carla Walker, which I mean, is so bananas, crazy, scary. Mm-hmm. And I would like to find out if Glenn killed anybody else. Well, you know, now he'll be in that, what do they call that system, CODIS or something? Yeah. So now we'll, if they do start doing some testing of the cold cases, they'll come up. Yeah. You know, I was just reading about somebody that's missing from my um, uh, pseudo hood in Pagosa Springs, Colorado. Mm-hmm. The town people are really pissed because this guy had only been there for like a month, but he had started working at the Humane Society. His name is Michael Mole, and people really liked him, and he went missing. And they're super mad that the police only, they found his dog and some of his things, but the police only looked for him for one day. And That's weird. That was... That was months ago, and there's been so much snowfall since then that they're like, whatever. And then some people are saying, well, maybe he wasn't, you know, he was kind of like transitory. So, you know, maybe it doesn't really matter. Like, well, it fucking matters. It does. And he wouldn't just leave his dog. That's what they say. He would not just leave his dog. That's right. He wouldn't leave his dog. So either he fell or something happened to him, you know, foul play. I. I don't know. I don't know. They might find him once the snow clears, you know? Yeah. That is so sad. Yeah, it's sad. Well, that's a real bummer now that we, I mean, in that case was so, I told you, I was like, oh my gosh, this case this week is really heavy. Even though it happened so long ago, Uh, but. Next week I'm doing fraud. Oh, fraud. Man, you know. We need to, we're going to lighten it up a little bit. (laughs) I need some more like. Zumba, naked Zumba. I know. If anybody's got one of those cases, any, we look pretty much like, an, I mean, we, yeah, we like naked people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like catfish too. I like the, I like those. Catfishing catfish. is awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Send it our way. Appreciate it. Yeah, I do. Okay, I'm getting a call from the kids' school, so I'm gonna go. Oh, uh, how fun! Clink, clink. Okay, clink, clink.